0: Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting.
1: Welcome to the Best Practice in Accounting podcast with Mira Brown, guest host, Carl Reader. I'll introduce Carl in just a moment, but just to let you know, if you're a regular listener of this show, that we have five shows going out as part of our podcast network. We are phasing that out to one show, our flagship show, Success in Accounting. That will be at the end of January, 2023. So just a few more weeks of this. If you're not subscribed to that Monday show, make sure that you are, but let's get back to best practice in accounting. This is where we bring guests on that are experienced in what it takes to run an accounting firm and they know
0: what really works. Carl, it's great to have you on with us today. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for having me. And today, I'm going to be talking about a point that as we're heading into uncertain times globally, I think that we really need to be considering as leaders of firms. And that is about making sure that we get paid for the stuff we do. Well,
1: it's a great question because there's a lot of talk about recession. Times are tough. The economic instability in all countries. And this is an international show. So just set that scene for us and why securing payments in the right way is a Good thing to talk about,
0: yeah, of course. So, first of all, for those who don't know me, just to um share by way of introduction, Carl Reader, I speak at many accounting conferences globally. I've um, I've built and now chairman of my own firm. Um, I serve as chair practitioners panel at the ACCA, I serve as head of accounting for ignition, I serve as one of the founders of ProNation, Nation, etc. etc. There's a whole host of other stuff that I do behind the scenes as well in the small business space, but um, hopefully, that should give a flow favour of who I am. Now, Rob, in terms of um, sort of the, I I guess, the high level view of this um, in uh, in terms of the recession and where we're going, I don't want to get too caught up in this, and I'll come to that in a moment. But globally, we are heading into challenging times. Now, we know that pain is never permanent. And we also know that things are never quite as good or as bad as they seem. However, we're all realists as well. We all know that the forecasts from the economists aren't great. We all know that um, growth is slowing down. Um, it's magnified here in the UK due to a variety of reasons, including oil supplies and inflation and so on. But it's, it's an across the board issue. And we know that actually for probably at least the next year, we need to be buckling down, fighting, making sure that not only is our business secure but we come through it in a really good place to then take advantage of the inevitable boom that happens afterwards you know this is a cycle we always go through and that's a really important point rob because as i mentioned earlier i mentioned that i don't want to over focus on the downturn the reason for that is that the stuff i'm going to talk about is good practice whether we're in a boom or bust whether things are going well in a firm or things are going bad, whether we're sat on a really nice retirement fund or whether there's more than money. The stuff I'm going to be talking about is the stuff that we should have been doing during good times. But often, because things are good, we don't get down to it. It's the stuff that we think, oh my word, we need to do in the bad times, but it should have been done in the first place. So there's no time like the present, whether that present is a really good time, really bad time, whether we're growing, whether we're stabilising, whatever state of play we're in. And that is making sure that we get paid. It's very essence, making sure that money comes into the business. Now, Rob, what I want to do is to share with you the thing that really, really concerned me when I first went into the accounting world and had a bit of an understanding about how the business of accounting works. So I started an accountancy when I was 16, back in 1997. So that will give most listeners an idea of the kind of systems and structure that were in place at the firm at the time. It's a good firm, but it wasn't, uh, You know, it was a small firm. We didn't have the amazing tools that were available to us now to help fix this stuff. So it was a typical firm that would bill clients annually. The client would then pay later and there was this thing called lockup now when i say this thing called lockup i'm sure firms know what i'm referring to that. I'm referring to the value of the work in progress because obviously you do stuff during the year before you bill and then the value of the debtors once you've invoiced it how much is owed to you and for the average firm you know firms that i've seen lockup figures are three months or so of their revenue now that is outstanding isn't it what other business would allow their money to sit in someone else's bank account for three months Okay. It's crazy. So that's just to set the lie of the land of how it used to be. Now, there's been movement along the way. Firms had embraced, and I've been on this journey myself, had embraced standing orders. They'd then embraced what we call direct debits. Now, that's in the UK, ACHs, so on. It's different references for different um, countries. But the difference between a standing order, which is where the client initiates the payment, is to a direct debit or another form, is where the Firm initiates the payment and decides the amount. That stuff isn't enough. And that's my contention today. Because we had these systems, we had all the gear, but we had no idea. Okay. So we were doing things like automating our engagement letters. We were doing things like having a package called Go Cardless to take our payments, which is it's still one of the one of the main solutions out there. We were doing all of this stuff in silos, but the problem was. As a firm, we had a couple of issues in the way that we did it that actually meant that we weren't being paid and we were still carrying lockup. What were those issues? Well, we were already monthly billing, so that wasn't an issue. The first issue was that there was a disconnect between getting a client on board and securing their payment details, so the online checkout part of this. The second part of this was that we didn't fully embrace the technology that was then available to us. So the disconnect part, if I start with that, first of all, the disconnect to me is absolutely outstanding. If we were to look at going into your local Sainsbury's, Walmart, other shops are available, and you go up with your basket of groceries, would you ever expect that your contract with them can be agreed? I.e. I'm going to buy these apples and bananas and ready meals and so on, and you're going to charge me X. Would you ever imagine that contract could be agreed and you could walk out of a shop without having paid for the stuff. Well, unless you're a criminal, you probably can't imagine that, okay? So that's madness, that's madness. But then we look at it from a customer experience perspective. So what we were doing, we were, at the time, we were using a package called Go Proposal, and we were taking clients on through that, we were um, getting them on board, they were signing their agreements, great, we have got a new client. Well, we haven't got a new client because a client is only a client when they pay for your services. Otherwise, they're a charity. Okay, really, really important point there. So we then had a process, a manual process, a convoluted process, where we would have our admin team have a spreadsheet of our payments we needed to collect. And we would phone them up and say, you've signed up now, can we get your direct debit? Oh yeah, you sent me the link automatically. You see, we had some automation, but I haven't got my business bank account yet. I haven't got this, I haven't got that. Let me ask you a question. If, as a new business owner, imagine that you're starting a brand new business in whatever it is in life that you wanted to do. So for those of you seeing on video at the moment, you might see that I've got a bit of a habit of buying trainers. So let's just say that my business is selling trainers or sneakers, as um, some, some of the Yanks might know it. If my business of passion was selling sneakers, and to run it, I hadn't got around to set my bank account up, but I needed to get a phone to start posting on Instagram and so on. Do you really think, that I'm going to go to the mobile phone provider and I'm going to say you know what I want to buy this mobile phone but I don't want to pay you because I haven't got a bank account do you really think they're going to give me a mobile phone and allow me to post on Instagram until I've signed up no what's going to happen is I'm going to pay it out my own personal bank account because I want it and the problem is the perception of value when somebody buys a service or a product is highest at the point of purchase. And there's a little bit just afterwards where there's a bit of, sometimes there's a bit of post-purchase um, excitement and adulation, which sometimes kicks in, but then generally it drops down afterwards. And by the time you're getting around to chasing for payment, you're certainly not a want, you're a need, but you're a necessary evil. And there is no reason why the business owner is gonna be motivated to pay you. So that's the first thing you need to bear in mind. As an adjunct to that, before I come on to the second point that I raised about the people side of things, the second point of this process is that, you know what, yes, your client will start paying at some point, but again, there's a reality check. If they owed you money, and they owed the tax office money, and they owed their landlord money, who do you really think is going to get paid? Is it going to be the meek and mild accountant, who by nature is generally quite introverted, generally not so comfortable to have these awkward conversations? Or are they gonna mess about with the tax man and not pay their rent to make sure they look after their accounting? Not gonna happen. So that's the first thing, the logical issue of having uh, your payment process detached from the core functions of your business. We then come onto the people side, which was the second issue that we had. Our accountants in our business didn't like talking about money. They liked talking about clients' money because it was numbers on a screen and it was really quite abstract. But when it came to our money, There was the fear of rejection. There was all of the usual stuff that comes into awkward conversations. So I wanted to plant one seed in the minds of everybody listening to this. What you need to think about is making sure that when you take on or you renew a client annually, and you really should renew annually. I'm I'm sure that could be a session for another episode or similar. Um, I doubt we've got time for it today. But um, whenever you take on or renew a client, make sure that the payment process. the fees you're going to charge not the fees that you have charged is integrated into that process so we use a tool called ignition that's that's how we do it that's um that's why we did it and the impact this process had on our firm was actually the reason it was the sole reason why I started working alongside them because it fixed such a big hole in our business um not not just a, a hole in cash but a hole in terms of manual labor in terms of awkward conversations and so on. I can't see why anybody wouldn't be doing this stuff and making sure that they're paid first. Um, Now, it might seem that it's quite aggressive. Yes, there's a whole change management piece. Yes, you need to explain to your clients why you're doing this. And yes, you need to explain to your team, perhaps even more strongly, why this needs to be done. But as I said, this is the kind of stuff, as I mentioned at the the start, but we should have been doing in the good times. But a lot of firms aren't. They might dabble with it or they might have a few clients who they say, you know what, they always pay every year. Well, can you hang your ha- hat on the fact that they're going to pay you this year in a recession? Can you hang your hat on the fact that they're not going to have some kind of challenge that makes it more difficult for them to pay? You, know, you need to understand that this is the way the wider world is working. Your mobile phone, in that example of a sneaker store that I gave, that's done like that. Zero intro equipment and so on is done like that everything else in their business is done like that. Why aren't you the same? There's so much to think about, and in these recessionary times,
1: we can't guarantee that things are going to be the same in two, three, five years. So we need to mitigate these risks, don't we? And you'd think accountants are on this more than anyone, but they're suffering
0: just like the rest of us with getting paid. Uh, Completely, completely. Because unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, accountants tend to be the last to be paid. It's down to the nature of accountants. It's down to the fact that Accountants don't want to upset their clients. As I said, they're charities if they're not paying you, they're not clients. Um, Accountants are generally, and I know we were certainly in this case, too busy to chase money. They're more focused on the work they need to do than actually um, running the ship. And there's a reality in life as well. And that is that the the squeaky wheel gets oiled. We always need to remember that. And there will be other people who owe money. are knocking on the door physically not hiding behind zoom like most accountants do or hiding behind letters or phone calls or emails knocking on the door saying you owe me three grand are you paying it or am I collecting it and having that strong conversation with them accountants aren't normally inclined to indulge in that kind of behavior so you need to set yourself up for success at day one and by doing this with every new client or every renewal client and by the way Renewals are a great opportunity for upsells. They're also a great opportunity for weeding out the clients who aren't going to pay. We have a phrase in our business, but they're not 14-day payers, they're non-payers, regardless of what they say. Um, if you um yeah, if you do this process, you nip that problem in the bud. What that does, first of all, make sure that your cash is in place and you get paid. Secondly, it motivates you to provide a better service because. There's nothing worse than a client who hasn't paid you for a couple of years who phones up wanting advice. You really want to give them advice, but you don't want to give more work away for free. And finally, finally, what it does is it makes sure that as a business, you've set the expectations. You've got it absolutely clear and there's no disputes because I would say nine out of 10 disputes. And I'll save this from my conversations with ACCA and so on. Come back to fees. And when a client has got unpaid invoices and are able to use this as a lever in the dispute, then the accountant normally loses. Carl Reader, that's been terrific in telling us what works
1: for accounting firms in getting paid promptly. Thank you so much for your time and your passion today.
0: Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Best Practice in Accounting. Leading the discussion on firms that are standing out, winning work, and becoming the top performers in the accounting and fintech world.